Welcome to Voices of the Ancestors, where we explore Georgian polyphonic songs and the women who sing them. Hello and welcome to the podcast. The voices today are Holly Taylor-Zunz, that's me. And me, Susan Thompson. And our very special guest, Jen Morris, founder and musical director of 145, Seattle's Georgian Singing Ensemble. We're so excited to be launching our first episode at the 10th International Symposium on Traditional Polyphony. So welcome listeners, if you're tuning in from the symposium online or wherever and whenever you're listening to us. This interview was recorded actually during lockdown on the 26th of June 2020. So I was at home in Oxford, UK. And I was at home near Cambridge, UK, whilst Jen was across the pond in Seattle, USA. So Jen and I first met on a singing tour in Georgia. It was led by a renowned musicologist, Malkaz Erkvenidze. We were in a very small village in Georgia, and it goes by one of those names that has lots of Georgian consonants all together. So I'll give it a good show. It's Bukistike. Um, and it was it was a delight. And we spent the evenings being entertained by members of Sakioba and eating wonderful Georgian food and just sinking into village life. And there was a particular evening that Jen will tell you about in the podcast um, where we met another extraordinary singer, Zoe Perret, um, who now sings with the group Camellia. Um, But on that evening, she got to sing with members of Sakioba, and that's the ensemble that Malkaz founded. It was so great to get to talk to Jen about how she came to Georgian song and her kind of introduction into this world and especially how she sort of fell deeply into it and ended up creating her own ensemble 145 in Seattle. Uh, if we carry on chatting like this our listeners are <laughs> going to know all the interview before Absolutely. they hear Let's I think we should away. have to Jen. Okay so without further ado here's Jen Morris. Jen, welcome. It's so great to have you as a guest on the podcast. Yeah. How (laughs) is lockdown for you? Are you singing during lockdown? Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's such a that's such a loaded question. Ah. Um, So yes, I am singing every day in different ways I guess Mm. uh and very different than certainly what I ever imagined uh how I imagined I might be singing um so there is this wonderful group that just started um pretty close to the beginning of this whole pandemic experience uh and so we're all people who love Georgian songs and some of us have met together in real life and some of us haven't, um, which is kind of the magic of it, right? Um, and so we meet every day and we 
attempt to sing over the internet, <laughs> which is, you know, uh, it's a challenge. Uh, yeah. 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 And have you been singing with anybody in real life from a distance? Real life. Yeah. So we did. Um, so at the very, very beginning, I sing in a group, a Balkan women's choir called Dunova. And so in March, we, after being separated from each other already for two or three weeks, uh, we decided to gather in a tree circle and stand uh, six feet apart or two meters for you, you guys. Uh, and uh, one of the singers actually brought a measuring tape and like made sure that we were no the way. proper distance. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Um, and at that point, point we weren't wearing masks and we weren't really thinking about aerosols and distance and all of that um we just knew that we needed to keep keep distance um so we did that and that that was uh nice to see each other and there were already at that point there was one singer who said oh I don't I don't want to do that that'll be like licking ice cream through a window Ah, and I thought, oh gosh, like I'm so desperate to sing with my friends. I haven't seen them in two or three weeks. So, like, if we have to stand mm -hmm. six feet apart and and in the woods, then like I'll do it. Um, like licking so ice cream through a window. What an amazing way right. of describing singing during lockdown. Right. Yeah, but has it has yeah. the um, what the singing, whether it's sort of online or from a distance, has it been some comfort to you during lockdown? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I was already in a place where I was kind of not sure what I was doing uh, when I grow up, <laughs> you know, I'm in I'm a waiting uh, and I've got more gray hairs than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely like in a transition period with my, my work um I'm a teacher of the deaf uh and I left my job that I was I the school that I worked at um for 18 years I left at the end of last school year um and then there was a whole series of events that cascaded after that you know um I was supposed to go to Georgia in the fall my cat was diagnosed with like terrible cancer at oh. that time and so like that trip was canceled and and then I was supposed to try to go to Georgia again in April and of course we all know nobody was flying or mm -hmm. going anywhere in April so it got canceled another time so being able to do the things that I wanted to do in Georgia anyway so meet up with fun singers from all over the world who uh -huh. love Georgian songs like that's actually <laughs> number one yeah um, and then be in Georgia together like that would have been ideal but mm -hmm. of course practice Georgian language um, eat Georgian food um, but and also just sort of like sink more into the the culture and the meaning behind the songs and all of that I feel like I've been doing that like mm -hmm. possibly even more than being in mm -hmm. Georgia because I can be I can uh, meet up with you know new singers and also friends I already know and there's all these offshoots, like we're suddenly we're taking a language class together and somebody's writing a paper for their PhD and someone's mm. doing a podcast. And so the fact that there's um, so much like growth and movement out of this really terrible, mm. terrible worldwide thing um, definitely is very comforting. Uh, 
yeah to because i mean i i have to be i'm stuck at home i have to i have to stay here i can't really go to the grocery store and and i mean i could but it would be a big risk mm. for me personally as a immunocompromised person so mm-hmm. ha- if i had to stay home and i had no like social interaction and no you know no projects to work on i think <laughs> i'd probably just go crazy so meeting these new people, singing songs with new friends and old, working on a language that's really quite difficult. Yeah. Um, that's been, a, I mean, it's been, it has literally saved my life. Wow. It's, yeah. So through that celebration of, so you're not just celebrating the Georgian songs together, you're also meeting new friends, having a social life, albeit online, and right. you're celebrating birthdays and having all these fun games on screen and having these social interactions Mm -hmm. but the sort of root of that you're all in that meeting because you love Georgian songs right right and it's really interesting it sort of evolved you know at the beginning of it uh, it seemed like okay what can we sing together like that's that's what you do when you meet somebody that you know that you have this shared background and so, you know, it could be like within a half an hour of meeting and you'd say, oh, what songs do we know mm. in common? Like, what can we uh-huh. sing? Uh-huh. And I think that we we did kind of approach it that way in the beginning. And it's really shifted into like, it could have been going on for an hour and mm-hmm. someone will show up and be like, have you sung any songs yet in this meeting? And everyone's <laughs> like, no, no, it's been entirely like laughing yeah and it's all like a lot of it actually is you know I mean stimulating and thrilling interesting conversation it's not just you know like fart jokes I mean it's actual like (laughs) right oh yeah us Georgian singers we're known for our fart jokes yeah (laughs) you know what I mean though like it's not like it's continued to be fun Mm. for uh, over a hundred days at this point that's um Right, because everybody has uh, such interesting things to contribute to the conversation, I guess. Mm. And it's a yeah. surprisingly big pool of people that are involved as well. I think a, a lot of times when people hear about Georgian polyphonic songs, it's it's a niche. But right. it's one of those things, once you get into the niche, it's, yeah. it's really wide. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, I would say that in the beginning of my journey with Georgian singing, and uh, I did find it quite isolating um, because you've like discovered this new thing, and it's so exciting, and so you think, oh, I'm gonna find a Georgian pondery teacher in Seattle, and then you look and there just aren't any, you know, where uh. I want to find somebody who's going to teach me Kakhetian ornaments. Like, I really want to learn that singing style. And well, how am I going to do that from, at the time I was in Shoreline, which is a suburb outside of Seattle. So, I, I, what, I ha- you know, it, it took me a while to kind of make connections with local people and made connections with local Georgians. Um, uh-huh. But none of them were folk singers. Mm-hmm. There's one, mm-hmm. there's one woman, one Georgian woman who's um piano teacher and 
there's another, you know, there are some people who have skills in, of course, like great cooking, Georgian cooking skills. And, um, but there was nobody who could do that very specific thing that I was interested in learning. Um, so I guess I'm trying to connect the initial isolation of being excited about this niche thing. And then once I traveled, I mean, once like I went to Scotland for a Frank Kane workshop and I met many of the, the wonderful people who are in our group now. Mm. Um, and then, I, then I traveled to Georgia and then I met more people, more people and all that. Um, but, and that helped with, with the isolation as well because I would like bring back songs and I would learn them and then of course I would share them with singers that I knew here who had not yet been converted so you converted your friends (laughs) in order to sing Georgian songs with other people you converted your singing friends into Georgian singing friends basically I mean there were there were a few people who had already been bitten by the bug I guess um maybe not quite to the same extent as me but yeah there were I was singing in a group um called mini finney so we were in the finney neighborhood community choir together and we were singing you know American shape note songs and um traditional you know gospel or South African or I mean uh so many genres of mm. songs, and there at there were a few Georgian songs buried in there in the repertoire. Mm. Um, but then uh, several of us went to this camp, this village harmony camp on the Oregon in Oregon. Um, <clears throat> I almost said on the Oregon coast. That's not correct. Um, on the um, on the Mackenzie River, actually. Um, and so we went down to this camp and we, it happened that, um, Frank Kane was there as one of the teachers and it was a 10 day camp at that point. So we spent 10 days singing, learning and singing these wonderful Georgian songs. And after that, I mean, there were, so I guess there were five or six of us who went from Seattle. And so after we came back from that, it was like, oh, well, we've got we've got 10 songs. We have the basis of a repertoire. Like we could do something with this. So was that the beginning of your one, four, five group? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of how that all started. Yep. And we had this idea that I know I've, I've, I've read what you've written about one, four, five, and it's kind of a, a, the the name of it is a bit of an in-house musical joke. And Mm -hmm. it's like, for those people who are outside the musical joke, do you think we could sing a one, four, five chord and just demonstrate it? Oh, we over the internet? What? Well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's solid yeah. notes and a chord. So, you know, even if there's with the time today, we might we might manage to establish a chord. Mm. Yeah. But, um, but you're you're the you're the one for five leader, so you're proposing the, the notes. Oh, okay. So um I would say ba, 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 is that too low for you guys? Ba, uh, 
I was a, I was and I still am a teacher of the deaf, so I had the skills to teach children mm-hmm. <laughs> with hearing loss, <laughs> but not necessarily uh, adults, musical adults. Um, and so I thought like, oh, this is you know this is not the same thing, and you, those are not skills that are transferable. And turns out they totally are. <laughs> You you can use those skills in in both both areas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so one of the things that I discovered kind of by accident uh, was that I mean I have always known that I that I was quite musical. I mean, you know, when I was three years old, I was telling my mom, you know, listening to the Boston Pops orchestra, like. Mommy, I hear the violins, you know, like, it's no surprise that I'm doing something musical as an adult. Um, But what I hadn't, like, really understood until about 10 years ago, and, and in my uh, um, introduction to Georgian singing, uh, was that I actually learn quite well by ear. So I actually am a very auditory person. One of the things um, that happens here, and this is more in like a um, you know, like a children's choir or mm-hmm. um, some kind of ensemble that does not sing, that has, is not exposed to traditional Georgian folk music. Um, one thing that can happen is that if you if you find it, you only find the sheet music and you don't have any of the background behind mm-hmm. the song, um, mm-hmm. You are left to just kind of make your own interpretation of what you're supposed to do with this, right? Mm-hmm. And if, so, if you're looking at the sheet music, uh, you wouldn't have the nuance of like, oh, the basses are supposed to push it sharp, or you know, mm-hmm. this ornament doesn't have that like exact precise timing that you can't just really document on paper, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also just the transliteration issue of of getting Georgian script transliterated into a script that we, as Westerners, can read um, Mm -hmm. and pronounce. And so there's just, there's so many opportunities to really mess it up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I've probably taken every single one of them. (laughs) Right. And and yes, I definitely say that... um, because I, I mean, even now I'm learning, um, like there's a song that we sang in the Finney course for quite a while that we came, you know, it did come from someone, from someone who learned it from a Georgian, but you know, there, mm-hmm. there were so mm-hmm. many, so many Tiny lines. Twisters. Yes. Yes. Um, that were, so anyway, there's, there's definitely something lost in translation and we ended up singing it as this very kind of like jubilant song and it turns out that it's a funeral it's a mourning song it's a song that would be sung at someone's death right (laughs) and but how would you know that if it's not Mm. it's you're right without the context so yeah 
yeah so when yeah. i am either transmitting or being a conduit or whatever i make mm. i try to really learn the background of the song make sure i'm you know i i'm pronouncing the georgian correctly and then i'm i'm maintaining as much authenticity as i can uh-huh being a non-georgian right yeah. i mean i yeah, yeah. I, there is there is that obvious issue um, yeah. and you just hey you know. yeah yeah great. yeah so yeah. Well, i know you're aware of one one of the georgian song books 99 songs or 99 mm-hmm. georgian songs give it its full yeah. title when yeah. did that pass pass through your life so i so uh so the original um the, the original bite <laughs> when i was bitten by the bug <clears throat> Oh yeah, in 2008 this camp um and I was looking for resources and I'm not sure if Frank Kane or maybe Carl Linick or I'm not sure if someone actually told me about it. I think I may mm-hmm. have just found it mm-hmm. on the internet as like one of the only things that was available. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think I bought it online, maybe around mm-hmm. 2009 or so, which is, yeah, I don't, yeah. So I bought it online, um, and then I just kept it as like, oh, one should have this. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't actually really use it for very many things. Um, and then now, coming back to it 10 years later, here I am singing with some of the people who were involved in like translating it or met, you know, met editor or, you know, worked with <clears throat> TIB singers or all of this. Mm-hmm. And then they can say, like you, Susan, you can say, mm. oh, I, I was there. I remember this workshop and I know this from editor, da, da, da. Yeah. And then, then there, then there's even more background on the songs. Um, yeah. But I actually, I mean, I actually owned it and I just kind of, put it away because it couldn't really because I'm not a great sight reader and I don't really mm. access Georgian music mostly through sheet music I just mm-hmm. just kind of kept it on the shelf like this is a resource <laughs> <laughs> and then now now suddenly we've sung like almost all of those songs and it turns yeah. out I know I know a lot of them yeah. from having been interested in Georgian music but not from reading it in the book from learning it out in the world and then going, oh, look, that's the song that I already know. And then, oh, hey, there's a text that I didn't know was in there. And, <laughs> oh, hey, there's other people who know these songs. So it actually has been a really great um, connector between uh-huh. um, songs that I know in my head and songs that other people might have in their heads. <laughs> and yeah. then say, oh, look, it's on page 44. Oh, wow. Let's sing it. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, fantastic. I would so... I'm going to cry. This is ridiculous. But I would so love for Edisher to be here and see where his that germ of an idea got to. Yeah. I, you know, I, I met the guy once, but I know the story and that, that yeah. you know, the germ of, I, I want to create this book for Westerners, for, 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 yeah. for non-Georgians. So yeah. it's accessible. And, and the idea was to have a progression of difficulty in, in through the book. So the first mm-hmm. song is the easiest and the last is the hardest and and, yeah. and I and it, it was very important is my understanding to have the context of the songs not you know and and it be a way in and and it's this is not trying to be super um accurate even 
just mm-hmm. accessible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's so wonderful that Magda, you know, Edish's daughter-in-law, can see mm-hmm. the effect that it's having, and I'm sure that she would be really happy to know that mm-hmm. so many people around the world have this book. songs are so old and they're so rich and they I mean I feel like I am rooted in the earth when I sing them (laughs) and I feel like I am you know connected with not only the beings that are in our time but that you know generations before us um and I feel like that's really there in the songs that Mm -hmm. you can you can feel um, what life must have been like for them. You can you can feel that energy in the music, and you you're you're kind of recreating it or re reliving it as you're as you're singing. Um, mm. So I I feel like uh, the voices of the ancestors are very present in when we sing these songs. Um, there's definitely a rich a richness there. Um, I what was one of the biggest compliments to me was um, from Alkaz Erkvanidze, who I know you both know, um, when he said to me, "I think your ancestors must have been Georgian." And wow, as far as I know, they aren't. Um, <laughs> that would be a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean my ancestors actually are are from England. Um, <laughs> So yeah, um, but um, but yeah, that was such a huge compliment that he said that, and and there's the weight underneath of that, underneath behind that, like oh yes, right. We yeah. don't even have to. We don't even have no, no, to interpret no. it. You know yeah. what I mean. It, yeah. it reminds you saying you mentioning Malkaz reminds me of something else we talked about previously, which was just that that sharing of songs at the table that happened mm-hmm. in Georgia when, when we met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but unusually for both of us, it being a table that was entirely composed of women at the table. Right. And I was trying to remember after you'd mentioned it the other day, was was Zoe Perret one of those people? I don't Cause she, think she so. did show up. But I'm not she sure did. if she was on that night. Yeah, she definitely I mean her being there at another Supra that that was um, mixed gender Supra mm. um, was a like really formative, a poignant experience for me because um, I remember hearing Fideba Twins Shekrebasa for the first, I think possibly for the first time, and the men of Sakioba led it and they sang one verse and then they modulated up one note and they sang the next verse and then it seemed like they might stop. And then she just launched right in and she very quickly said, will anybody be my, the second voice? And she said it in Georgian, like boss. And just, is anybody going to sing second voice? And then just launched into it. And I just thought, 
oh, you could be a woman at that table and you could sing like a boss and just really own it. And I want to do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So then, of course, you know, I call Malkaz on the phone and I say, please, can you sing those parts for me? And mm-hmm. have this recording of of him. I think we're maybe we're even singing over Skype. And I was like holding my cell phone up to the Skype. <laughs> I mean, it's this really bad recording. And then, of course, I passed that on to two singers in 145. And we, we learned it and we sang it as a trio. And it was just oh, like awesome. the most wonderful thing. supra thing though yeah I don't think she was there particularly but what was remarkable about that moment was that the Georgian women of the house mm-hmm. sat down with us mm-hmm. and that yeah. that I feel like that doesn't often happen um mm-hmm. it just felt like a really special moment that that we could just sit down at the end of the evening as women and just toast and mm. and we were toasting the different things i noticed yeah you know it different wasn't to like the men, you mean yes it wasn't like to yeah. brotherhood to to being a manly man right there's the like katsi katso <laughs> but somebody always toasts to manly manliness and, and <laughs> while that is great and important you know mm-hmm. sometimes that's not the flavor of a toast that a woman might make if they were yeah. to initiate it. Yeah. So it was, it did feel very special to have that intimate time. That was just women. And there were only like six or seven of us, I think. And it did really yeah. break down the barriers too, between guest and host. Mm. And yeah, that was a special yeah. time. Yeah. That really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. been so lovely to meet yes, with you guys. Thank you so much, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I, you. I should go, but um, oh, I know we a, 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 a final toast to to health. I think is required. To, oh yes. To all of our very good health, but particularly particularly for uh, your health, Jen. This, oh, at this thank time you. Of thank you. Talked you. earlier about your immune immune. I see. I can't speak this evening. Um, but yeah. your condition. Like that. <laughs> oh, thank you. You had to pick a word with um several consonants in a cluster, right? John John Mortelloba. Ah, yes. Well John, John Mortelloba. John Mortelloba. Gaur 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 Mort
girl. No, I, can't, I can't manage immunosuppressant tonight, so there's no way I'm trying that one in Georgia. No, no, I don't know that one in Georgian either. Yes. I, I might manage a nakwamdi, so a drobit, but... Yes, yes, we could say abakargad. Yeah. Kargad, kargad ikavi, be well, right? Oh, lovely. Right? Yeah. Thank you for listening to Voices of the Ancestors with me, Susan Thompson, and Holly Taylor-Zuntz. Our guest was Jen Morris, with music from Ialoni, Sakioba, Zoe Perret, Zadashe, and Mutiebi. For more information about this and other episodes, visit voicesoftheancestors.co.uk. Yeah.